All right. So we'll continue to talk about faith, you know, and I will just give us a quick uh, rundown of what we talked about just to refresh our memories. You know, I'll give us a quick rundown of what we talked about um, last, last, well, in June, June 6th, we did talk about the faith life and our memory verse was Romans 117, you know, and uh, Romans 117 reads for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. So, and that particular scripture is referenced in, in a few other places in the Bible. So God really goes out of his way to let us know that he expects us who have been made, um, who have been made righteous or just to live a life of faith. And we talked about how faith is how God lives and functions. And really that will take us to our current memory verse in Hebrews 11, three, you know, and I will share that actually, because I have that open Hebrews 11, three. Okay. Hebrews 11, three tells us um, just reading by uh, the passion. So the passion is on the right here. It says faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Hallelujah. The Amplified Version tells us that by faith, we understand that the walls were framed, fashioned, put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God. So that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. Praise the Lord. You know, so we talked about that in uh, the last Sunday school. We talked about, look, everything God does is by faith. And by, by faith, God created the heavens and the earth. That's a scripture we just read. So because of it, the Bible tells us that we, we also, as he is, as Jesus was, so are we in this world. And as we, all, we also look through the life of Jesus and how Jesus too, everything he did was by faith. Hallelujah. He exercised faith, even though the Bible says he was God. The word of God tells us that everything that made him God, he left it behind and he came here in human flesh. But only by faith could he function in the calling that God had called him to function. And could he literally change, transform the entire world? And we thank God for Jesus. We also spoke about faith is how we please God. You know, we talked about the Bible. Um, we read about how um, the Bible tells us in Hebrews eleven six that without faith, it will be impossible to please God. Faith is how to please God. So if faith is not optional, it's not a nice to do or a might have to do, you know, but really God is telling us that, look, you, if you, if you trust in me, if you trust in my ability, and if you understand what my word is, you will think in faith, you will sleep in faith, you will plan in faith, you will pray in faith, you will give in faith, you will parent in faith, you will walk in faith in every area. And that's how we please God. Praise the Lord. We spoke about how Jesus always pleased the Father. He always pleased the Father. How? By his faith. He lived by faith. Jesus lived by faith. He preached in faith. He went to the cross by faith, remember? Because his humanness showed up, especially where 
he was telling God, God, not my will, but let yours be done. That's when you could see that. Yes, Jesus was functioning as a man. So you see faith. I mean, faith doesn't, faith doesn't deny that maybe there's a struggle or there's pain. But we go in faith, believing in the ability and the power of God, you know, in whatever. So Jesus went to the cross by faith. He died also by faith, believing that he will rise again. And he did, you know. So we talked about how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, you know. So we keep hearing the word of God. We keep meditating on the word of God. And that is how we get, uh, we do get faith. And we talk about how do we even get faith to be saved? You and I, I'm sure we were preached to, to be saved. We were saved by hearing the word of God. And then the Holy Spirit also went ahead and convinced us in our hearts, you know, but the bottom line, we cannot believe and have faith without hearing the word of God. We talked about the example uh, of Cornelius, you know, and we also looked at a couple of examples. We talked about the woman with the issue of blood. Please, again, like I said, during Sunday school, you can stop me. You can ask questions. You can, um, we can discuss, you know, so just a reminder. We talked about with the woman with the issue of blood. And we spoke about how she, she I mean, there were a couple of clear things that happened with her. You know, she heard the word. She believed that Jesus could heal her. And she went ahead and she touched his robe. Her faith made her whole. And your faith, my faith, will make us whole in the name of Jesus. So where did the woman with the issue of blood get faith to receive her healing? She heard of Jesus. That's what the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 5. You know, so I mean, sometimes people will say, oh, it's because it was a miracle, you know. But Jesus made it clear that her healing had less to do with him, had more to do with her and her faith. Hallelujah. This was a woman who was determined to believe God and to receive her healing, you know, praise the Lord. So, and we, I, I believe we also went through those, um, how, not sure if we covered this example, you know, but I will share it anyway. Paul and Barnabas encountered a man from birth who had never walked because he was crippled. You know, this is in the book of Acts chapter 14. The man did three things. He heard Paul preach the gospel. Number two, from that hearing, faith came. He had faith to be healed. Number three, he leaped up and he walked. Again, that man, according to his faith, he received his miracle. He received his healing. Hallelujah. So hearing and hearing the word of God causes us to have faith, to receive from God in every area. And we know that the word of God, in the word of God, God has made provision for us for every need we will ever have for salvation. He's made provision for deliverance, for our safety, for our preservation, for our protection, for our healing, for our soundness, whatever need we have. The faith to receive our answers, they will come from hearing the word of God. So as we determine to feed upon the word of God, we will see our faith grow and we will be able to receive the wonderful promises that God has for his children. Praise the Lord. So having gone through that, that was a very long uh, revision. <laughs> so we'll, um, we, will now, we will now jump into some more practical examples. We're going to talk, um, we're going to talk about a few people who 
who exercise faith or did not exercise faith, you know? So this is what is faith, what is faith part two, you know? What is faith? So that's our title this morning, you know? And last time we talked about how faith is a complete trust in God and his word. It's a complete trust in God and his word, despite what our natural senses can see, smell, hear, sense, or even think. And we just talked about how it's a way of life that God has designed for you and I to live in. So that's our memory verse. Our memory verse is Hebrews 11, verse 3. Hebrews 11, verse 3. And we just read that, how through speaking words of faith, God created the heavens and the earth. And faith is how God operates in general. Faith is a basis for God's success. And again, um, uh, we follow God in faith because we believe in his love for us. And we believe that he loves us and he, he wants to extend his goodness to us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So today we'll get right into it. We'll look into two people who, one who exercised faith, they had a perspective on faith. That's just the bottom line. We're going to look at Thomas, you know. So Thomas was one of Jesus's 12 disciples. And if you read through the gospels, you will see where many times Jesus was sharing was sharing intimate things with the disciples. He was sharing them about what will happen. Many, many times he had told his disciples that he would rise again, that he will be crucified, you know? Whether they believed it or not was a whole different perspective. Clearly, some people believed it. Clearly, some of the disciples did not believe it, you know? But guess what happened? Now, Jesus now appeared to the disciples. And this Thomas, Thomas was not there when he first appeared to him. This is after the resurrection, you know. So let's read, we'll read John 20, verse 25. So if you have your notebook, this is a good, uh, it's good to follow the scriptures, to note them down, read them for yourself. You know, understand the general concept. I am picking certain verses, but I encourage us, go ahead, challenge yourself, understand the entire story. Praise the Lord. So John 20, 25 tells us here that um, I will just limit it now to two versions so that it's not too busy for us, you know. So the, from the passion here, it says, so the disciples, they informed him, we have seen the Lord with our own eyes. Still unconvinced, Thomas replied, there's no way I'm going to believe this unless I personally see the wounds of the nails in his hands, touch them with my finger and put my hand into the wound of his side where he was pierced. Isn't that interesting? You know, that Thomas had hung out with Jesus, had been discipled by Jesus for so long, but yet he did not receive what Jesus had preached to him. So he did not have any faith about it, you know? So eventually Thomas said this, right? And he was fully not convinced, you know? And sometimes we're not convinced too. Sometimes we're not convinced that God can change a situation. And it shows itself up in what we're saying. Like it showed itself here in what Thomas said. Clearly Thomas did not believe the first day that Jesus gave that word, hallelujah. He did not believe from that first day. It's just that now he had, there was an action following what was in his heart. The Bible tells us that out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth will speak. It is what you are full of 
that your mouth and your actions will carry forth. Hallelujah. So clearly, Thomas did not believe what Jesus said, even when Jesus was alive. So now that he was gone, all of them had witnessed Jesus being nailed on the cross. All of them had, um, they had heard the women say that he was resurrected, but yet Thomas still did not believe. So now Jesus had to convince him in verse 28 of that same verse that of John 20. I'm going to turn to it now and share it. So now Jesus made another appearance. This is after resurrection, you know, and I will just extend it to John 27 to 28 so we can get a little bit more of the context. So now Jesus now showed up to Thomas, you know, and then verse 27 of the Passion says, then looking into Thomas's eyes, he said, put your finger here in the wounds of my hands. Here, Put your hand into my wounded side and see for yourself. Thomas, don't give in to your doubts any longer. Just believe. Then the word spilled out of his heart. You are my Lord and my, you are my God. I'm going to extend it to verse 29 because Jesus expressed something to him. You know, verse 29 says, Jesus responded, Thomas, now that you have seen me, you believe. But there are those who have never seen me with their eyes, but they have believed me with their hearts and they will be blessed even more. Praise the Lord. So you see there that Jesus was telling Thomas, Thomas, you saw me in your eyes. You saw me with your physical eyes. And now you finally believe. But there are people who have never seen me with their eyes. You know, but they believe me with their hearts and they are the ones that are blessed even more. So what's the word of God telling us? That those who believe what the word of God says, apart from what they see or feel or think, they are blessed. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus was telling Thomas here. Thomas, he did not believe in Jesus's resurrection by faith. That's the bottom line. He did not even believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. The same way that you and I believe it today, that Jesus rose up from the dead, because that is the basis of our salvation. Thomas finally believed it because he now saw Jesus with his physical eyes. So he relied totally on his senses and he was walking completely by sight in this situation. The same way sometimes you and I, we say to ourselves that, look, I will not believe it until I see it. You know, I will not believe I'm healed until I see the healing fully manifested, until I feel it. And Jesus is telling us that, look, you need to believe me with your heart. You need to believe me with your heart. You cannot rely totally on your senses. Why? Because the word of God has said that you are healed and that settles the matter. Hallelujah. So God's desire is that you and I, we believe on the basis of his word, of promise specific to the situation. So we, we, we believe that we are healed, not because Sister Soso and so got healed. We thank God for Sister Soso that got healed. But we believe that we are healed because the word of God says that healing belongs to us. Hallelujah. First Peter 2, 24. The Bible tells us that by the stripes of Jesus, we were made whole. Hallelujah. So we believe we are healed because the word of God says so. And that is our final conclusion. For example, you know, some people, they don't believe in speaking in tongues because, 
you know, they just don't believe in speaking in tongues. The bottom line is they don't believe the word of God. That's the bottom line. You know, some people don't believe in the concept of the uh, baptism by water. Why? Because they just don't believe in the word of God. You know, for, for some people, they're relying on their intellect that it sounds odd, so they don't believe it. But you and I, we believe it because the word of God teaches it. Hallelujah. The same way we believe in the resurrection because the word of God tells us that, that, that Jesus rose from the dead. Hallelujah. So our faith is not in what we can see and hear. Our faith has to be based on what God says. You know, it has to be based on what God says, which is why many times if you are praying about something, back it up with the word of God. Locate that promise that promises you that God is able to accomplish it. If it's healing, back up your prayer with the promise of God on healing. If it is a broken relationship you are praying for, Back it up with a, with a scripture, with a promise that tells you that God is able to do the impossible. It is a, if it's a business or a career that you are struggling with, back it up with the scripture that the word of God promises you concerning the work of your hands. And there are many, there are many. Why? Because there is integrity and power in that word of God. It is that word of promise that will cause your faith to come. It is that word of promise that on days that your physical eyes are not seeing what you were expecting, it is that word of God that you go to and you anchor your faith on. Praise the Lord. So I'm just going to stop before I continue. Any questions, any thoughts, any comments? This is a good place. If you have comments, please, again, this is Sunday school. So there's an opportunity to speak up. There is no bad question. There is no bad question. You know, that's what I found out in Sunday school. There's never any bad question. In fact, it's out of the questions that people learn more so. So any questions or comments? All right, I will continue. So now we've talked about the faith of Thomas. Let's contrast it with somebody else. Let's look at the faith of Abraham. We're just taking a little snippet of the faith of Abraham because there is a lot more to the story. Hallelujah. And um, to look at uh, how Abraham exercises faith, we'll look at the book of Romans, Romans chapter 4 from verse 17 to 21. Romans chapter 4, from verse 17 to 21. I will read that very quickly. All right. It says here, that's, um, okay. I will read from the Passion. I will go back and forth with New Living Translation. It says, that's what the scripture means when it says, I have made you the father of many nations. He is our example and father. For in God's presence... This is he, he, this he is Abraham, right? Abraham is our example and father. For in God's presence, he believed that God can raise the dead and call into being things that don't even exist yet. When I read this yesterday, I stopped for a minute because I was saying to myself that Abraham, he believed that God can raise the dead. And he believed that God could call those things that are not that don't even exist yet. He could call them. I mean, if you switch over to the New Living Translation, I'm still on verse 17. He says, 
This happened, I'm starting from here. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Hallelujah. It just blew my mind because I said to myself, that means you and I, if Abraham could believe in the ability of God to call things that are nothing and to create something out of nothing, then it means that there is nothing impossible to you and I, as long as you and I believe. Hallelujah. There is nothing impossible. There is nothing that God will not do on your behalf, on my behalf, as long as you and I, we believe. Hallelujah. That's, that's really, I mean, I mean, and the New Living Translation, creating new things out of nothing. I mean, I'm still, I'm still meditating on that because it means in situations that whereby maybe doctors or maybe even the most skilled people, they have decided that it is a lost cause. It means that God can create new bones out of places where there was no bone. Hallelujah. He can create new organs out of where there, was, there were no organs at all. He can bring the dead, things that you have considered dead on arrival. He can bring it back to life. But will you believe? Will you dare to believe? You and I will literally have, Sister, uh, Sand, Sister Sandy shared this sometime. She said, he said, we literally have an open checkbook. What are you going to choose to believe? Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we get into this default where we start looking for our man-made options first. But as you and I grow in the things of God, God expects that we will exercise our faith. And, you, and that's how we please God. So I'm encouraging us this morning. Let's not default to our natural answers all the time. Let's choose to believe this God and his ability. All right, I'll continue to read. Verse 18, against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. Hallelujah. Against all odds. With Abraham, it was hopeless. It was hopeless. You and I, I'm sure a lot of us are very familiar with the science of infertility. It was hopeless. Abraham was on 100. Sarah was 99. Hopelessness upon hopelessness. Hallelujah. You know, and I'm sure, I'm sure they had also considered other options. I mean, Hagar was an option that they had considered, but God had, but God was still promising his word to him that look, you will have children. You will still have children. So you see the commonality here. Even though the scriptures were not there in Abraham's time, but God had spoken a word to him. Many times God will also speak to you and I through in, in the innermost being of our heart. And sometimes it will come through the word of a prophecy. Sometimes it will come through, maybe you and I were sharing right here in Sunday school. The person sharing doesn't even know what you are going through, but they have spoken a word to your specific situation. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, and it catches your attention. So let's continue to read. Against all odds, when he looked hopeless, Abraham, he believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word, and as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. 
See, God had declared this word. Remember, I'd spoken about the scripture, the word of promise that we need. God has spoken this word to Abraham. In Genesis 17, 5, you see, um, hold on one second. I'll tell you the specific scripture in the footnotes. Footnotes is Genesis 4, 18. Hallelujah. So God had told him that his descendants will be so many that it will be impossible to count. Verse 19, in spite of being nearly 100 years old, when the promise of having a son was made, his faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. Hallelujah. See, his faith was so strong that, <laughs> and then, um, Let's continue. 20 says, he never stopped believing God's promise for he was made strong in his faith to father a child. And because he was mighty in faith and convinced, hallelujah, the New Living Translation, that 21 says, he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promised. You know, he was mighty. Let's switch back to the passion. He was mighty in faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promises. Abraham glorified God. Hallelujah. So you see there that that, that's, that, whole, that whole part that we read, it will take some unpacking. It will need some unpacking because this is somebody who chose to believe. Unlike Thomas, Thomas chose not to believe from when he heard the word. Abraham, he heard the word. God kept confirming the word to him. If you read through the book of Genesis, you will see that God kept confirming the word. Every time he accepted that word, he became more and more convinced. He got to a place where he became fully convinced. Hallelujah. So you see Thomas's faith, it was a natural human faith. A natural human faith, it will not believe unless you see and you feel. But the word of God tells us that Abraham, he believed God's word and he did not consider his own body. He did not consider his body that was probably frail and fragile. He did not consider physical sight. He did not consider what people had said to him because I'm sure he heard plenty. He did not consider his feelings because I'm sure the enemy too was whispering things in his ears. The Bible tells us that he considered the word of God. Hallelujah. And I'm just, I mean, that, that's really part of where we're going to stay today. Imagine God told Abraham that he would have his own children. And the word of God tells us in Hebrews 11, that God, he binds himself to an oath with the word of promise. We're going to read that scripture now. He binds himself to an oath with the word of promise. What does that mean? That means that every promise that God has made for you and I, God binds himself. He, it's like he swears to himself. Hallelujah. We're going to read that scripture. Hebrews 11 from verse 6 to 8. He swears to himself. Why? Because God is a God of integrity. He will not never, ever, ever negate his word. In fact, the Bible tells us that he puts his word, the power of his word above his name. Hallelujah. So with God, all things become possible. Hold on one second. Let me just get that scripture on, on God and the promise. I want to make sure I have the right scripture, you know, he holds himself to his word and he expects you and I to do the same. 
to hold him to his word. That promise that he has made to you, he expects you to hold him to it. So we're reading Hebrews 6. My apologies, I thought it was um, Hebrews 6, and we're reading from verse 13 to 18. Verse 13 to 18, and I will share that in a minute. And again, I encourage us, interrupt me, stop me for questions. Let's talk about this. We're all here to grow and to learn. Hallelujah. So Hebrews 6 from verse 13 to 18 says, for a, I'll read from New Living Translation on the left here. It says, for example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name saying, so God himself, God swore to Abraham. If you look on the passion here, he says, now when God made a promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater than God himself, he swore an oath on his own integrity to keep the promise as sure as God exists. Hallelujah. So God swear every promise that God has made to you and I concerning whatever it is that you are praying for. You see where the word of God is critical because that is the ticket. Hallelujah. That is the ticket for your faith. Let's continue to read about Abraham, verse 14. He says, I will certainly bless you. That's God's word to Abraham. And I will multiply your descendants beyond number. You know, and then verse 15 says, then Abraham waited patiently and he received what God had promised. Hallelujah. So I'm going to switch now to the passion. It says, so Abraham waited patiently in faith and succeeded in seeing the promise fulfilled. Verse 16, it is very common for people to swear an oath by something greater than, them, than themselves, for the oath will confirm their statements and end all disputes. So in the same way, God wanted to end all doubt and confirm it even more forcefully to those who would inherit his promises. His purpose was unchangeable. So God added his vow to the promise. It's in, so it is impossible for God to lie. For we know that his promise and his vow will never change. Hallelujah. God's promise to you and I, concerning what you are praying about, it is irrevocable. Hallelujah. If you know that something is irrevocable, if I could ask the lawyers in the house, what does it mean for something to be irrevocable? Please help us out the lawyers in, on, on, on our Zoom today, what does it mean when something is irrevocable? Cannot be revoked. It cannot be revoked. Thank you. Say that again. Did you say it cannot be changed? Cannot be changed, yeah. Hallelujah. It, God will not change his mind. Yes, some things may take some time. As you see, Abraham too had to exercise patience. There was a time of waiting, but that time of waiting did not change. It should not change the power of the word of God, the promise of God's word to you and I. Thank you, Sister Eva. There is no get out clause. Hallelujah. God will never change his mind concerning his promise to you and I. If he has said it, so be it. It is ironclad. Hallelujah. It is ironclad. It is settled. And in Abraham's mind, 
the fact that he and Sarah will have children. It became a settled matter. Hallelujah. So he did not consider his body. What have you been considering? Have you been looking at your body? Have you been looking at your circumstances? Have you been looking at that business? And maybe the profit and loss statement is not showing well. Have you been looking at the behavior that that child is exercising? And you are wondering, God's word to you this morning is consider not your body. Consider not the circumstances. Consider not what that person is doing. Consider not what your eyes can see or what your feelings can see. Consider Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible calls Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. Consider him. Meditate on what, on what he too went through. Hallelujah. Because faith, he, Jesus exercised that faith to get to the cross. He exercised that faith when he was being beaten. Consider that scripture, that word of promise. That is the basis. That is that word of promise that is irrevocable. Hallelujah. That is the basis for your petition. That is the basis for your faith. That is, the, that is what you take to the bank every day and what you use to thank God for your victory. That is the basis for your victory. Hallelujah. You, you have to sleep. Start to sleep, sisters. Start to sleep, brothers. Sleep, wake up, stop crying. Sleep, wake up, stop being in anxiety on that situation. Stop meditating on what you think can happen. Consider the promise of God. I don't care how you do it. Blow it up. Put it on a huge frame in your house. Put it in your car. Meditate on that word of God until you are fully convinced. Remind yourself of the power and the ability of God. Declare that promise to yourself over and over again. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I was made whole by the stri stripes of Jesus. I was made whole. Consider that powerful promise of God. Declare it to yourself. Declare it to yourself. The, you know why? Because the more you think about the problem or the symptoms, you open the door to fear. And you become less convinced about the promise of God. And we just read now that God, he has sworn an oath. Hallelujah. There is a vow. And then he has also sworn besides it. Like, look, I'm standing by my, by my word. Hallelujah. By myself. And I will do it because my word is irrevocable. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Any comments or questions here? Any comments or thoughts or questions? Good morning, Sister Ayo. Good morning, Hi, everyone. Sister Sandy. Um, I just had a uh, comment uh, thinking about Abraham and Sarah, because mm -hmm. you said it's based on faith. Um, and I realized that they did get weary at some point because they, 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 they did Ishmael. Oh, yeah. And so to me, they try to do it themselves. So that's like, Ishmael, anything we try to do on our own, you know, it's like uh, uh, it's like an Ishmael in our life because mm -hmm. we're trusting the flesh. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that, especially when you believe in for a long time, it gets hard because mm -hmm. we're human. And I love what you said. We got to still speak the word and meditate on the word. And um and knowing that when Isaac came forth, 
that was the son of promise. That was, you know, what God had promised. Right. So either we're going to believe God and have Isaac in our life, or we're going to do it on our own and have Ishmael. And we know what happened with Ishmael. But again, it's about standing on God's promises, but, a, but it's not easy all the time. And it's Absolutely. great to have people around you that will help support you when you feel like, you know, I want to just give up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Sister Sandy. I really appreciate that. Thank you for bringing that. And you're right. Abraham did not always get it right. He did not always get it right at all. You know, so he did have moments where he was weakened in his faith. But guess what? He picked himself up again and became fully convinced. Hallelujah. And if you are there, I'm not here to tell you that a life of faith is peaches and cream, guess what? Because even Jesus on the way to the cross, like I told you, he said, Father, this is not my will, but it is your will. So you can see that he experienced struggle even in his humanity, hallelujah. But my encouragement this morning is wherever you are, pick up yourself again and encourage yourself, hallelujah. Encourage yourself, remind yourself again of the ability of God. Go back to whatever sermon that encourages you. Listen to that sermon again. Go back and look for that confession and say to yourself over and over and over again. Encourage yourself. That's what David did when he got to a place where frustration, you know, because of what he was experiencing, you know, he had a promise on his life. This is David now. He had, like our pastor taught us, he had a promise on his life, right? And then all of a sudden, Saul comes in and chases him out from the kingdom. And on top of that, the men with him, they went out to battle, they came back. And before they came back, their whole, their whole homes were already, they had, in fact, they had kidnapped their wives and their children and they had taken their stuff. The Bible tells us there that David encouraged himself. So many times you and I, we have to encourage ourselves and that's how we keep standing. You know, why do you think the Bible says the righteous man falls? You know, the righteous man falls sometimes in the place of faith, but pick yourself back up. And that's our God of mercy. Hallelujah. I'll never forget the story that my pastor told me, Pastor Dorothy Emmanuel, you know, Pastor Dorothy, she, you know, she had, she, she, she pretty much, I mean, she stood in faith for her children. She and her husband, they, now they have four wonderful boys, you know, and she said every day she will come back right from school. She's, she, she was a teacher. She will come back from school and, you know, she will actually stuff herself with clothes because in her, I mean, the Holy Spirit was really, I believe it was the Holy Spirit convincing her to don't consider your body. So she will stuff her, her belly with clothes and she will start to thank God for her babies based on the word of God. Hallelujah. That is faith. And she kept on doing it. Before you knew it, she got pregnant. The interesting thing she, she, she shared that came to my mind was one of the ladies, right, that lived with them in the same area where they lived at that time. She was so encouraged by this testimony that every day she will come and say, okay, share this, your testimony again with me. Not on Monday, not just Monday. She'll come on Monday. She'll come on Tuesday. And this woman, she because she knew that this woman was trying to build up her faith, 
she would share that testimony again and again and again. That's why the Bible calls it a fight of faith. Hallelujah. It's a fight of faith. So there is a fighting involved. And even Abraham too had to fight. You know, many times you and I will have to fight. We will have to fight the enemy telling us things, suggesting things, or sometimes well-meaning people coming up and suggesting things that are outside of faith. Hallelujah. But that irrevocable word of God, you need, that is the foundation on which you are standing. Hallelujah. That is the foundation. And the word of God encourages us to hold fast our confession, hold fast because we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Hebrews 4.14 tells us, let us hold fast our confession, you know. So we're going to also share a scripture, you know, that can help us out in, in, in exactly what, how do we hold fast? How do we, you know, so we can practicalize some of these things that we are learning, hallelujahs, in our walk of faith with God. So we're going to look at the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, from verse 20 to 22. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. And we're going to look at it here. Uh, I'll read from the Passion. We'll go back and forth because we're studying, right? So when you're studying, you look at many translations so we can get uh, revelation. Hallelujah. It says, listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you. And pay attention to all that I have to say. You know, it says, uh, if you read from New Living Translation, it says, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. What of God is telling us this morning, don't lose sight of the word of God. Don't lose sight of that word of promise. Hallelujah. That you are standing on. Let that word of promise, he said, let them penetrate deep into your heart. Let that word of promise, let it penetrate deep into your heart. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that the word of God is full of life, it's full of power. And that's what verse 22 tells us here. I will switch back to the passion. He says, then as you unwrap my words, how do we unwrap the words of God? Declare it, speak it over yourself. Hallelujah. Meditate on it, especially when care and anxiety, they are creeping in you know, and it looks like it might not happen. Meditate on that word of God. Go back and meditate on it some more. What does it mean to meditate on something? Say it to yourself. Think about it. Let the Holy Spirit unwrap your, unwrap your, I mean, literally, you know, when you're unwrapping candy, you're unwrapping it so you can get the essence. Look at it in other verses of the, in other translations of the Bible. Understand it better. That word is irrevocable. So it's critical. And what God tells us, as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. Hallelujah. That's the power in the word of God. The word of God, you know, that irrevocable word of God is full of power. Power to change that situation. Hallelujah. Power to carry you through. Hallelujah. Power to keep you in a place of perfect peace and Bible tells us that it is done. Power to sustain you. Hallelujah. That is what the power in the word of God contains. Praise God. So, I mean, we thank God for his word. We thank God because his word is full of power. And the more we consider the word, 
we consider the word. And the word of God is telling us that if that word does not depart from our eyes, we will see ourselves without sickness and without that disease. If you're praying for healing, if you're praying for whatever it is, if you're praying for your business, you will start seeing your business doing better and better. It will start to change what you are seeing, what you are visualizing. Hallelujah. It will start to change what you are saying about that situation. It will start to impact your actions because what your heart is full of is what you will produce. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So any other comments? I, I do have five minutes. Any other comments? Um, I have one comment. Yes. Um, you know, what happens with this life of faith or this life of a Christian? And really, that's what you just said really kind of touched me in a different way. You know, the aspect of, you know how you know something, but it's just more of it becomes solidified whereby he says the word of God is irrevocable. You know, either the word that, you, that the word, the promises in the Bible or the word that God has given you about a situation is irrevocable. You know, I think what happens is that we, we you know, we're expecting that when, the, when God gives his word, it happens right away. You know, sometimes it does happen right away, but we're expecting it, it should happen right away. And it take it starts to take time, you know. In, in our minds, you know, the time that it's taking is not, is not, is not, is not, is not only God. That is, it depends on. It depends on. Do we stay in the place of faith? You know, sometimes we think it's, it depends on God. That's all. It was. It was dependent on God. But what happened was what what I've come to realize is that. It also depends on us. Do we believe him? Do we stay in a place of peace? And say, you know what, God, this is what you're gonna do. This is this is this is this is you. This is you perfecting everything that concerns us. Are, you, are we gonna stay in that place of rest? Or are we gonna stay in the place of jittering? You know, we're not sure today, tomorrow we're sure. You know, are we gonna stay in that place of rest? You know, the, the Israelites were supposed to get to. They were supposed to get to their promised land in, in what eleven to twelve days, and it took them forty years because they kept on complaining and complaining and you know getting agitated and getting you know weary and all kinds of things. So now you wonder, like God, God had a plan of twelve days, and it went to forty years. Will we not blame God that if God took a long time, or we're going to blame ourselves that we're not in a place of rest? We're not just basically going to just rest to see. Or are we looking to see whether it's going to happen? I'm just, I'm just, for me, I'm checking myself too. And I'm, even though I'm speaking, I'm checking myself. I'm, am I in the place of rest? Am I in the place of saying, God, I, I'm going to rest on your promise. I'm going to rest on what you're saying. Or am I going to be in a place of being so jittery and unsure or, I don't know whether it's going to be possible. You know, you know, God, you said it, yes, but, you know, I don't know how you're going to make it happen. You know, are we, are we looking to see whether it's going to happen? You know, are we, going to, are we going to look to see how God is going to do it? You know, it, it's something that we need to come to a place that, you know what, we're not God. If he says he's going to do it, how he's going to do it should be immaterial. 
It should be immaterial how he's going to do it. The key here is, are you, are you in the place of rest, praising God that, yes, God, I know you're going to do it, that your promise will never fail, is irrevocable, is going to work all the time? Are we going to, you know, allow the flesh to dictate or allow people or allow situations? Yes, people will talk. Even if, if I can imagine, I can imagine Abraham's day, you know, how women will be, other women will be looking at his wife and it's like, when is she even going to ever get pregnant anyway? You know? And, you know, people are cruel. Yes, people are definitely cruel. But where do you stay? What, in what, in what place do you stay in? Do you, do you, do you say, I'm going to shut down people, the naysayers or the, the people that talk a lot? Where are we going to stay? That's the point. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, like I said, I'm saying it, I'm vocalizing it out loud. And I'm, I'm saying to us and saying to myself, God is expecting us to stay in the place of rest and peace. Yes, it might not be easy. Yes, it might not be very suitable. But God is saying, I want you to look away from that, from what is going on. Consider and not. just, and basically, and basically focus on me. Abraham got to the place. I got to say that. That Abraham got to the place that he was fully persuaded. He got to that place that he was fully persuaded. And when he got to the place, you see, here's the key. When he got to the place that he was fully persuaded, the next year he had the baby. Hallelujah. The next year he had the baby. Because he got to the place of fully persuaded that God has the power, the ability to perfect it. And God now made do. Says, okay, this man has the faith. Mm. He has the, he has a faith. He knows what I'm talking about. Now, okay, here you go. The point is that we need to come to the place of full persuasion. Hallelujah. We need to come to a place of of full persuasion that you know what God, you promised this. I'm going to just relax. You know, I'm going to relax. I'm I'm going to depend on you. I'm going to depend on your word. Like for instance, this church, he said it to me many times. He said it to our senior pastor a few times. I'm not seeing it, but am I going to now focus my, my mind on what I'm seeing? Every day. Mm. And be anxious every day. I'm looking at it like, this is not working. Oh, God, why are you? Or am I going to be fully persuaded that God, I'm not going to worry. It's not my church. It's not, it's your church. You, you know, I'm just going to relax and just keep it moving. I come, I do whatever I have to do that you send me to do. I do it and move on. I keep moving because I know when, when you have the time, when you, now I won't say when you have the time, when you know it's right, you do it. Hallelujah. You, you do it the way you want to do it. And that's it. Hallelujah. And that's where God wants us to be in that place of rest. Hallelujah. You know, you talked about, sorry, I don't want to take too much, even though I said five minutes. <laughs> give, just give me, give me a minute. I, I was thinking about, I was thinking about the, 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 the man, the man at the beautiful gate. And that's what you're talking about, Peter and, and John. Mm -hmm. He saw his fate and says, okay, rise up and walk. But I think about it also that previously, think about it, Jesus passed him by. Mm -hmm. All the prophets passed him, even Peter and John passed him by once. But he never saw the faith in the man. So mm -hmm. it didn't happen. 
So the man could have been wondering, how come these people are passing me by and nothing's happening? But they were depending on the faith. They're waiting, they're waiting for the man to, to his faith to rise. So because if he got, if that John got there whereby his faith wasn't solid, he didn't depend on Jesus at that time, or he didn't depend on, he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't looking on to God for his healing. Even if he told him to rise up and work, he won't rise up and work. He said, man, this is not going to work. It's not going to work now. Why are we wasting our time? Wasting our time here. But we need to come to a place of whereby we are fully convinced, mm. fully persuaded. We need to come to a place that nothing is shaking us. Amen. Amen. Nothing is shaking us. Look, man, if God says I've got a job, nothing is shaking me. It doesn't matter. The economy could tumble up and down. Nothing is shaking me. I'm going to stay there. Foursquare was developed by a woman that during the Great Depression, God said, build a church. Come on. She was fully convinced. We need to come to a place that we're fully persuaded what mm. God has said. We are fully persuaded. And when we come to the place of full persuasion, nothing around us can convince us. Nothing, even in us, can Hallelujah. convince us. Hallelujah. We're staying there Hallelujah. We know that this is what God said. I'm going to stay there because it's him that's going to perfect everything. Thank you so much. This is this, this really touched me. Sorry, I, it really touched me. Thank no, that's you. fine. That's fine. We're just going to share a couple of scriptures uh, about the power of the word of God, the guarantee of the word of God. Hallelujah. And then we're going to round up and by the grace of God, we will continue in Sunday school. So I'm, ju I'm just, I just highlighted a few scriptures, you know, just talking again about the irrevocable nature of the word of God. You know, Isaiah 55, 11 tells us that, uh, I'll read from uh, New Living Translation. It says, it is the same with my word. I send, I send it out always. It always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. So that circumstance that we have been praying about, that is the backing that heaven has used to back every word of promise. Hallelujah. Numbers 23, 19 tells us, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to ask? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? So God is faithful. He's faithful. But, you know, like Pastor Chuka said, a double-minded man or woman, it's, it's going to be difficult to receive anything from God. And the bottom line is, you know, God expects you and I to develop our own faith. Sometimes we can definitely have prayers of agreement where we're relying on the faith of somebody else, maybe our pastor. But there comes a point whereby you have to grow and start to build your own faith muscles and start to exercise your own faith. Praise the Lord. Jeremiah 1.12 tells us, he says, uh, I, 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 let me just look for the Amplified. I think the Amplified is more clearer here. I don't know if you will let me do it. It's not letting me do it. So we'll look for it later. Let's look at Isaiah 40 verse 8. It says, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. So, I mean, the word of promise, that is critical. That is, that is what we have to hear and keep hearing 
and keep hearing so that faith can be produced. Hallelujah. So that we can stand and enter into that place of rest. That place of rest does not have anxiety. That's what Pastor Chuka was saying. It does not have anxiety or depression in it. Hallelujah. There's no anxiety. There's no depression in that place of rest. That place of rest is fully convinced and fully surrendered. Hallelujah. To the ability of God. Whereby you fully trust that God will create something out of this nothing that you are seeing. Hallelujah. And it becomes a settled matter. Jeremiah 1.12 in the Amplified says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am actively, God is actively watching over his word to fulfill it in your life, in my life. Hallelujah. He is actively what you know how when people buy uh, treasury bills they say ah it's backed by the American government so it can never default. Imagine we are backed by the bank of heaven. God will not go back against His word. He has sworn an oath, Hallelujah, to Himself. I want you guys. I want you all to go. Let's go back and read that Hebrews thirteen again. So we really understand the context. By the grace of God, maybe in the next Sunday school, we will break that down a little bit further by the grace of God. And we thank God for the entrance of the word. So let us pray. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for encouraging us in this area of developing our faith. Father, Lord, I pray that, Lord, every in every circumstance that any of us are dealing with and are trusting you for, Father, even in areas we have given up, help us, oh God, to believe again. Help us to keep believing. Help us, oh God, to keep holding on to your word and be at a place of rest. Father, where we might have entered depression, where anxiety, we've opened the door to anxiety. Father, help us to repent afresh today. Father, help us to believe in your ability afresh, oh God. Father, where we are in complete unbelief, help our unbelief, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for testimonies that will abound. Blessed be your name, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Over to you, Pastor. No, I need your announcement. I mean, the announcement is on the laptop. Welcome, everybody, to Princeton Fountain of the Living World Church. We meet every Saturday at 11 a.m. for prayers. It's been really a wonderful time to pray. We pray from 11 a.m. to 12.30. And we meet on Sundays at 12 noon. And we go from 12 noon to 1.30. Uh, if you need anything, if you need to call, I, I will put my, my phone number here on the chat. If you need to call for anything, my phone number, is is nine seven three. Uh, Pastor, please stop recording, please. 